when it cooks with all the meat in there and like comes together and caramelizes enough. Um, it is, it's sweet, but it does taste good. <laughs> I don't know. It it's doesn't very s- bad for you, but it's, 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 it doesn't sound good. It's, and it's, it's not, I would, I would call it not objectively good. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that you ate when you were a kid and you still, re- you remember the taste so clearly and you're like, okay, I still kind of, you know, this is good. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's, it sounds like the ambrosia salad of savory food, which doesn't sound good to me. Oh, and I actually always hated ambrosia salad, so it didn't, that never did anything for me. I never did. I mean, Kelly likes it, but I, it's disgusting. Yeah. Of course Kelly likes it. She's got taste. What can I say? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. All right, we can we can get this thing. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Uh, Tony, I saw the other day we were, um, you know, we aren't really keeping count of these, but I, I believe we're we're getting close at least to our 150th episode of this show, which I think is is pretty is pretty remarkable. I would say that we actually did this much. This is easily whether it's the most successful of any of the spinoff podcasts from TAI. Not that we are a spinoff, but you were. Maybe at least of your projects, associated projects, <laughs> uh, we've at least done the most of it. Uh, just trying to think what Polarizing Images did. You know, oh, that was a pretty long one. Yeah, but we're getting close anyway. We're getting close. Let's just say um, it's been uh, it's been more lengthy than what you I think you originally thought. I think you thought we would be out of episodes within six episodes. Um I also think you thought it was going to be a lot more beer-focused when I originally pitched the idea of the I show did. to you. I did. I, th- I thought it would – I because you will run out of shit to talk about with with um, with just beer topics, you know, uh, pretty quickly. If you're not talking about, like, the crap we talk about, which is um, fucking wackos <laughs> who hate – who think Bud Light is woke and uh, et cetera. But, um, yeah, no, I, I did not think we would make it this long. Um. And uh, especially not this long without really making any money. So, uh, but hey, <laughs> what's the big deal? You know, it's all good. It's Do you understand good. what podcasting is? It's just shouting out into the ether with audio. That's what it's really all, it all is, about. Yeah. Just like every it's, other it's really social just, media. There's it's a- long form posting. Yeah, no, it's long form. It's long form vote, um, audio posting. Yep. Um, there's a podcast I listen to. Um, where they have a and they have a theme song that plays at the beginning, and they change it every few years. It feels like every couple of years, and they're in like six years of doing it. And one in the song, they just say, "We're we're still doing these." <laughs> I like the awareness. <laughs> I think there, is a really just, great a great yeah. sentiment about it. Um, pretty funny, uh, Tony. You know the um, we're we're coming up on the end of basketball, uh, and I thought. Well, the fi- the conference finals have been fairly tame, lame, boring. Yep. Um, Miami has pretty much. Di- I mean, the most interesting thing is Boston just totally losing their minds, like being god awful. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, I don't even think the Lakers played like miserably. I just think Denver was so much better than they were yep. um, that it was just there was no way they were gonna 
they were going to overcome that. But Boston's been so bad, it's been very, very funny, um, even though at the moment they are up up nine in the fourth, uh, not to date the moment we're, we're talking about this. But, um, but yeah, it, I was shocked to see that. I was actually surprised be that LeBron seemed to be asking questions as to whether he would continue to play. Yeah, I think that happens at this age, regardless of, of um, where you see your long-term future being. I think you really have to play it on a moment-by-moment basis and you you can't get too caught up in the um, idea that you're going to keep going forever because your body can give out at any point. And maybe this is the first sign that LeBron's body may be able to stand up to a regular season uh, pace of games, even early playoff pace of games. But when we get going into sort of the crunch time of, of conference finals, it just doesn't have that, that half a percent that it once did. And yeah. I don't think he's going to be one of these guys like a Tracy McGrady that sits at the, the end of a bench for five, six, eight seasons. Well, let's be honest. I mean, he still was like, he scored 40 yesterday. So yeah. But what I'm saying um, is... He's, st- he's got a couple more years before he becomes mellow. Oh, I'm not... mellow or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know? but but when you are one of these guys like an MJ that spend basically your entire career in the top five of the NBA all right. the time and can have an impact with Matthew Dellavedova being your second best teammate on your team right, right, and right, almost yeah. haul them over the line... When you've got AD, was AD playing that series? Can't remember whether he's. Back he was. Yeah. He he was. He was fairly uh, anonymous. Yeah. Last night, at least. Yeah. But you've got AD, and you've got a, a decent supporting cast around you, and you can't drag yourself up for a series to at least steal two games. That's when LeBron yeah, starts to question himself. I'm not saying he's over it and he's going to spend time at the end of a bench. I'm just saying. When when it, those guys that spend all their time on the top of a mountain get knocked back into a top 15 player, sometimes they see the end as coming quicker than what it actually is. Do you like the conspiracy that he's going to retire, take next year off, and come back because um, he'll be totally free um, and come back to play with whatever team that Bronny gets drafted by? I don't actually mind that. We did see MJ during his career have two stints, um, one in baseball post his father's death. Yeah, one, and then, one, one he sort of took off. It feels like that was a mandatory break. Yeah. Potentially. And then <laughs> uh, then some time in management and then got himself back into the Washington Bullets. Um, mm-hmm. And I, um, I could see LeBron doing that. I don't know how successful it's going to be. Um, I know we've seen it. The Angles. If we can get uh, now, it's it's not going to happen because when Bronny's probably going to be in the league in twenty twenty five, so um, it's probably not. So we can't get a Vegas team that fast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, unless because you get a he was like, I want to be the somebody. owner. He's he's like, I want to be the owner of the Vegas team, and I'm like, all right. So then then you'd have Bronny the owner or LeBron the owner, LeBron the player, and Bronny the the son. number two, and then you're. Yeah. yeah, and they go whatever thirty eight and forty four. Do you reckon they go that <laughs> that deep? Like, can you show me an outstanding player that's been an outstanding GM? We've got a lot of players that have been decent players, like your Steve Kerr, that have become do, great GMs. 
Um, if they if they like accept if 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 Vegas gets a relocation team like um, what's a relocate what's a team that could relocate that would be like okay I mean New Orleans right but they won't yep but New if New Orleans ended up in Vegas or Charlotte, Charlotte. even Charlotte has a few players that can like do something but do they? Um, not really but if they added the top draft pick and LeBron you know they, they could at least compete <laughs> in the East. Well, next year they'd be in the West, presumably, if they took someone from Charlotte. But yep, we'd um, have to re- realign the conferences. They have to realign, yeah. But I just but like, anyways, uh, I would love it if he came to Vegas, but uh, there's nowhere for him to go. You can play for the Knights <laughs> if he wants. Put on a pair of skates and play for the Knights. Just want to give a shout yeah, out be- to um, Neil, who I was chatting with the other night at the brewery. Uh, big fan of this podcast, except much like Nick Talk, not a fan of the NBA chat. So. <laughs> Big mm. shout out to Neil. Perfect spot to put it in. Moving on, <laughs> uh, for Neil's sake, um, I hope he doesn't mind some gambling talk because I did. I did go out for a little bit of a went out for a little blackjack with fellow podcaster uh, Brian Malika, um, fellow member of the Beer Engine Podcast Network. That's right, exactly. Fellow, um, uh, well, he, he's a, he's a bit more occasional than I am, but that's okay. We'll let him. We'll let it slide. Had a nice lunch. We went to a place called Starboard Tech. Highly recommend if you're in Vegas. Check it out. Great cocktails. Um, and on Tuesdays they make San Antonio style puffy tacos, which are really um, just sort of a Tex-Mex style taco, but with like a little um, crisp on the corn tortilla. They take the corn, like the nice handmade corn tortilla, and just sort of fry it up in a shallow pan and get it all puffy around the edges and yank it and. Um, then stuff it full of tasty things. They were four for $10, Tony, and that was plenty for Brian and I to split. That um, sounds like a size. bargain. Now, it was a bargain. I really feel like Tex-Mex in Australia, certainly, and I, I think in other parts of America where it's done, is done badly, gets a really bad reputation for being inauthentic, but um, done right, it is its own cuisine sort of, yeah, I think Tex-Mex is authentic to what it is. You know, yeah, which is the yeah. um, the shared border that um, Texas and and Mexico had for yeah. many, many years. Um, now, there is shitty versions of it. I mean, going to Chi-Chi's or whatever, Chevy's Fresh Mex or whatever it was, was never – it's not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's – and there's good examples of it too, right, that have, you know, sort of – I mean, just like any other – shared cuisine or um, cross-cultural cuisine. Not that American are bringing a ton to it, but it, it uses what's available. It was the things that were available um, to make something re- relatively familiar or similar, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I don't even think it's a, a matter of America. I think it's actually that that, that Texas cowboy right. influence is more important than an Americanization of it. And I think that's where... Right. Places that do it wrong tend to turn it into American mix rather than Tex mix, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Um, these were very good. Uh, Starboard is not typically a place that does Tex mix. They actually make like um, kind of more like Asian fusion food, and they also make an amazing smash burger. So, really, really top burger. Now, talk me um, through these cocktails just briefly. Are they tiki style cocktails? Are they high end single cube clear ice cocktails? What's the go? Um, I'd say they're closer to the latter, but 
Um, they're somewhere in between the two. So they're more like classic islandy cocktails. Like they make a daiquiri, but a daiquiri is not a tiki cocktail. So, right, that's what I would call the signature drink of a place like Starboard Tech would be like a Hemingway-style daiquiri. Um, but then they, they tend to lean more into the high-end cocktail with like lots of different um, bitters and stuff, too. So they have pretty balanced drinks, um, not super sweet. Not like when you go to Frankie's in Vegas, which... Yep. Listen, I'll love to Frankie's, but they just mix six different types of booze and six different types of sugar, and they give it to you, and you're like, God damn, fucked up now. These are a little more finessed. A lot of rum. They use a lot of rum. Yep. I I like rum-based cocktails. Rum, quite big in Australia, specifically dark rum. High-end rum. Uh, I remember one one drink I had there that I really loved was like a five-year plantation, five-year rum or whatever – a five-year aged rum, uh, old fashioned type drink. Um, and they made it, you would think that would be sweet, but they went, they went pretty good on the bitters and light on the simple syrup because it's rum, you know, and they they, they came out with something just sort of nicely orangey and, and a little bit bitter. It was very nice. Now, have you ever caught on TikTok or reposted to any other social media platform that you're on? A, a guy that does a, a thing called roll for sandwich where he uses like um, D and D dice to make his sandwich. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, like twenty sided die or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts off with six sided die for his bread, and then he moves to a twelve sided. Okay. After that, <laughs> after he's picked his cheese, and he goes through mm-hmm. with like um, wild magic and. Okay. Which is just a random category, and then you've got a sauce category and a roughage category and a protein category and all those sorts of things. And there's some surprising combinations that are really good. There's some hot garbage that he can barely get through, um, but he always forces himself to eat. But it's inspired a whole group of people to um, do knockoff versions, and they, they generally pay credit to where it's due. And I did see a girl make a cocktail the other day, and it was roll for cocktail. And mm. she rolled cognac as a spirit, which is fine. Oh God. Yeah, which okay. is fine. And then she rolled her D12s, her 12-sided dice, and she got 12, and that is always a re-roll. And she got an olive shot twice. So she had to use olive brine for an ounce and a half, half an ounce of club soda, and uh, it was shaken with club soda, which she hated as well. Um, And I think she added bitters because that was her wild magic category. And it was atrocious, as you can imagine, (laughs) olive and cognac, olive juice and cognac. Yeah. Now, cognac is like a fine booze, but it needs to be, it's very specific to me that of the types of drinks you can use it in. Yeah. I don't know if that's really the right application, I got to say. Well, that's but, that's um, what the dice rolled. Like, if you had a got that's what where you're stuck now. I mean, fun. I can only imagine the fucking tuna fish bologna sandwich that this goddamn shit's spitting out when you're rolling these dice. Sounds yeah. Nasty. Yep. He, I think um, he has got that combination of. My, my sandwich of my sandwich thing of choice is the uh, um what's that guy um sandwiches of history oh yeah, yeah uh, i love that guy that guy makes some good stuff that always looks good 
Um, no, so we, we played that we uh, we eat our tacos. We're looking to kill an hour because Brian's got something to do around three. So we um, we're like, well, why don't we meander over to the Sunset Station and, and hit up the old blackjack table? We've been getting killed lately at blackjack, so um, maybe we were due for a little run. So we sit down. We play. Free, so we play a game, Tony. I think I've talked about free bet blackjack. It's a bit of a gimmick game. Uh, you get free, they will pay for your split any pair, uh, non any non ten, right? Yep. Any non ten or face card, and then um, they will pay for your double down if you have a nine, ten, or eleven against anything. It doesn't matter. I think you have ex- so. Yeah, 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 and but the but the catch is well, what's the catch? Yeah, there's a there's a catch, dude. There's um uh they, you push on twenty two. So if the dealer gets twenty two, and you have eighteen push, so that sucks. And they also have these side bets. They have these side bets where you can put on like okay, there's going to be three or uh, you're you're saying that there's going to be a certain amount of um of the free bets that happen in your hand. So you know if you get a split, you could theoretically double twice off the split yep and that'll pay you know 20 to one or something you know fine but it that the, the those things are absolute ripoffs i've watched people you cannot be playing the side bets i've watched people just blast through stacks and stacks of green chips uh while whispering to me and brian like you guys got to be playing these side bets this is how you make money at this i'm like uh-huh it's like it. <laughs> anybody that is hitting I mean, you about side the- bets doesn't know what they're talking about Here's here's what you got to realize. Here's the reason a side bet like that is bad. If you put, you can lose on blackjack. Yes. Any side, any bet where I lose on blackjack, that's bad. Very I'm bad. Playing blackjack, losing at blackjack is the one thing I should not be doing. I should be <laughs> winning on blackjack. I should not be mad when I get blackjack. Um, that's that's my recommendation to anyone. So, anyways, we sit down at this table. We're as usual not playing the side bets. Dude around is like kind of a loud, like gambler. He's he's like, you know how guys are. They're like, oh, here comes the two. Oh, here comes. Oh, give me that triple seven. Oh, you know, just like talking it out. And I'm like, oh god. And go and and uh, you know whatever. I get a split or something, or I hit a couple hands with a couple splits, uh, or or a split and a double or something like that. And he's like, bro, you have to be fucking playing the uh, side. I'm like, okay. Um, I don't really like that. This I got this guy in my ear. Not cool. <laughs> Usually, it, when that stuff's going on, the dealer will sort of be like trying to manage the table a little bit. Be like, hey, well, yeah, a good right, dealer will be you know? managing the table. A good dealer will. Yep. Yeah. Right. And there's not that many. But left this in lady's Vegas. just not not doing anything. Just like essentially agreeing with the guy that I should be getting ripped off. Oh, that's great! Um, getting heckled by a dealer, even though if right, she's yeah. probably not saying anything, but just her sort of agreeing with him is right. Like, yep. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on. And uh, Brian, too, and this guy's just doing this over and over again. And Brian gets up to take a phone call, and I get it. I, I'm up, I'm up uh, 85, 90 bucks at this point. Like, I had had a nice little run, a couple blackjacks, a um, couple, couple free bets pay off. You know, you, know yep. you, get, you get two split, a split pays off, and that's a $30 win on a $10 bet, right? That's 40 bucks. Um, Anyways, uh, so this guy is just going on and on. I get another split. He's losing his mind again. And uh, I actually lose this one, whatever. And he just will not shut up. So I just I tell the um, dealer, I'm like, listen, I'm coloring up. I got to go. I'm done with this. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and listen to this. It's 2.30 <laughs> on a Tuesday. I'm not, this is not what we're doing. And um, 
this guy's just arguing with me. I'm like, bro, you have to stop. Uh, I, I don't know, you know. Um, and uh, uh, he's getting all pissed off and because I'm leaving now because it makes him look bad. And then I'm, I'm like, fuck it. So I walk over to the pit boss who's on the other side talking to a dealer with an empty table. And I'm, I'm just like, I'm squealing. I told her, I'm like, this guy is all over all the other players on the table. So you might want to keep an eye on that. And then I scurried off before oh, he saw that. Oh, you don't scurry off. You, <laughs> you just sort of hang I saw, I saw him getting. I saw him getting security walking over to the table. It was pretty funny. So. <laughs> um, anyways, I took 70 bucks off it, but I was a little disappointed because I only got to sit there for 15 minutes before I – I'm really not somebody who loses their temper easily. Um, I, I tend to repress pretty well. Yep. And um, – this this guy sort of set me off. I was not thrilled about it. So, alas, I had to take my money and leave. I'm sure Station loved that that I got chased off from the casino before I even had a chance to give it all back. So, uh, all good. Anyways, that was pretty funny. Um, classic. Uh, but it's just weird because this stuff usually just does not happen. Yeah, I mean, listen, people. The weirdest part being that if you get irritated with someone at a blackjack table when they like, you know, change the future as they would say, um, <laughs> by messing with the, or by hitting on a 14 against a three or something like that. Right. In a continuous um, shuffle shoe. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's no eight or let alone six deck shoes left in Vegas these days. It's all continuous yeah, it shuffle. Mean, yeah, right. Right. But Hey, they, I've seen it happen at double deck, right? I mean, guys just making bad decisions, you know? Yep. Um, but you don't say anything. You just sort of say like, eh, you know, whatever, you get irritated, and then you just kind of move on. Most people really don't even say anything when that happens. In general, no. Pretty much always. But yeah. I, I love that um, these But to get mad because I'm not doing side bets, it's not even your – this has no impact on you. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be getting rich if I hit the side bet. I would, you know. But uh, I, I would get the 50 bucks. Like, it's, it's crazy to get mad at someone else for not making bets that you want to win. I love how this always happens, though, at, at minimum bet tables. Like, whatever the it's lowest. It's a $10 table. Yeah. Yep, I know. And that, that's where it always happens with without failure. It's not the $50 tables, not the $100 tables. It used to be back in the day the $3 and $5 tables. This shit used to go on. And now it's the $10 tables where this shit goes on. So um, There's no, I mean, hardly any money yeah. really at stake in this. No. I mean, just comedy but a couple of packs of um, pasta um yeah. now next time you're downtown gambling make your way to the el cortez see if they've still got tactile blackjack oh i know places i mean um uh, uh almost every downtown casino still has tactile blackjack i love tactile blackjack i uh, mean main street uh cal uh, i'm sure el cortez does um yeah, you can still you can still get your hands on those. You can still get your hands on the cards uh, if you go over to those places. Absolutely, I'm a big fan of that. How, where do you fall on the tactile blackjack thing? Do you like it being dealt standard style, where you don't touch the cards, or do you like to tactile them up? Um, no, I well, I like tactile because it tends to be a smaller deck of game. Yeah, I mean, it's a better true. game. Um, not that I'm fucking keeping a count or anything because I'm a moron, but. You know, you can even my dumbass can know that there's two decks, and I see uh, eight face cards come out, and I'm like, hmm. yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I don't, might might not want to press my bet uh, during <laughs> this particular uh, hand coming up. But um, no, there's uh, 
I, I like those because those tend to be double deck games, uh, which are just you know better better games for you. Uh, usually, like station. I mean, pretty much everything's from a six deck shoe. Oh, that's all right. So, yeah, as long as it's not it's continuous not continuous shuffle. shuffle. They don't do any, they don't do any continuous shuffle. Yes. Um, I think it's only the um, only the video blackjack. If you play video blackjack, you're getting hit with the oh video blackjack. Shuffle, which that's trash. Or like the one with the poker. with like the with like the goofball looking yeah. dealer. Yeah, with like the, the big screen robot dealer, and, you, and you've yeah. got like and a the robot dealer with like you. massive fucking titties, like huge yeah. robot Lara bonkers on her. Yep. So so strange looking. Um, you get you're sitting there getting horny for the video game dealer. Now speaking of uh, strange images. I know you played around it with it in the early days, but have you been keeping up with the world of AI imagery this past I, week? You know, I haven't done anything with Mid Journey or whatever lately. You now I, have um, to pay for it. Um, I, I was fucking giggling because the other day somebody did a whole series of having AI produce reproduce the NHL mascots, <laughs> and they're they're really they're really a lot of them are pretty freaky. Some of them are kind of funny. The Knights one is just a knight, so it's really not weird at all. It's just normal. But uh, a lot of them are pretty... You know, a lot of this AI stuff has those, like, dead eyes, like those weird, uncanny, valley dead eyes, and yep. get the mascots with those. It's Well, I'm going to hold this up. I probably could send this to you. Actually, I, I will send this to you, but I'll hold it okay. up just while I'm doing it. Can you guess what prompt I put in there? I'm I mean, brewery? Did you... The brew house, maybe? Take another guess. What does that look like? I mean, it's got a steampunk look about it. It's yeah. like a, yeah. Um, Is it like a, a Lovecraftian machine or something? The prompt was much simpler than that. How many words was the prompt? Just give me one second. Uh, the prompt was uh, three words was the prompt. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them was the word A. Probably didn't need A in front of it. But yeah, I think it, yeah. One of the um, uh, save image and then I'll send it to you. It was a beer engine. So. Oh, that's pretty good, yeah. We could make that our new Discord avatar if you want. Okay, we can pick, do that. Pick your favourite one. The... Uh, it doesn't look. It looks more like a like a steampunk uh, fucking brew house. It very. It looks like it's a yeah, like a Jules Verne um, yeah. fucking brewing machine. If you want me to do a high res version of any of those or do some iterations on those, I can certainly do that. I've added that to our chat, so you can have a look at the HD version of that. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying Mid Journey. It's I think ten bucks a month uh, for two hundred minutes of power, which is a lot. Um, you can really come up with some wacky shit when you're just looking to waste a couple of minutes of time, and you don't want to like blast people with sound. The main reason I've done it, of course, is because my AirPods are in for repair at the moment. Well, not repair for mm. replacement. So. The one good thing about Apple, even though you overpay for their products, they honour the warranty. No questions asked. Um, replaced my Apple I mean, that, Pro. That's so a dub. Consider that a win. Now, yeah, I guess you'll take what you can get. Yeah. 
Have um, you been doing any sort of travelling lately? I know you've been across my, the continent to New York and then across the world to... Mostly, mostly took a break, but we did have to pop out to San Diego for the very last pickup from Horace, Tony. Oh, um, no. I know. I, it's my last one as a full member. I'm splitting a membership next year, but so I'm still, I'm still in the game, but taking a little bit of a of the edge off, anyways. Because um, it's just too much shit. I mean, even the allotment, we were still picking up allotment beers. But uh, yeah, flew out. I flew out there because it was sixteen dollars. So we flew to San Diego for $16. You didn't do it on Frontier, Frontier, did you? It was on Spirit. It was even worse. I don't think um, it's even worse. I think Frontier have now taken that crown. Uh, I don't know, Tony. I've flown both lately, and there's something about Spirit. Um, I'm just saying neither of them are good. <laughs> there's something about Spirit that feels so haphazard. Like, it feels like it, it feels so loose. Like, everything just feels like it's... Just sort of operating on a couple on a shoestring. Yeah, that um, you're probably not uh, wrong. Frontier has the Frontier has the the slight air of pretension of a real airline. But do they? Like a because like you know, a teeny bit. It feels a little more pro- of a bit more professional operation. Okay, I'll, than Spirit to me. I don't know whether you knew this story or not, but did you know? Um, they've been having a lot of trouble with the personal items lately, you, where you put them in the the thing to check whether they're of size or not. Sure. At the gate, and a lot of people that clearly have items that fit that may have handles that need to be folded in, like a strap on a case or something, um, and they just need to fold it to fit it in, not forcing it in, just folding it in. It's a floppy bag, fits easily. They're getting charged ninety nine dollars for the personal item because it doesn't fit in. Now, the reason why the staff are so um, dynamite on that is out of that $99 fee, the staff get paid $10 per bag that they pull up. Nice. So, All right. Hey, somebody's getting some cash out of this. Okay. Yeah. So Um, if you want to call that a real airline, go ahead. I'm not saying Frontier um, isn't more professionally in other areas, but when you're essentially putting a bounty out for your staff to charge um, people. I mean, and doesn't then, Ryanair do this shit and uh, Norwegian, I know, does this shit? Like, Yeah, um, but most most airlines in America, including Spirit, will pay um, or will refund your um, fare when your flight gets cancelled. Won't happen on Frontier. Even Spirit do that. Like if they overbook the flight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you get cancelled, they will. They will. Yeah. at least they won't if do that on Frontier. Rebook you or whatever. Jeez, no, you got. You got. Um, well, I'm not too worried about it. I I've flown Frontier uh, once recently ish to go to San Diego, and that was like twenty eight dollars. So for the for the twenty eight dollars, um, uh, it was it was okay. Uh, um, sorry. Uh, now my concern but, here. Is not getting there. You know how to pack. You know um, how that to smuggling. I didn't have drops. any trouble with it. I got everything on. Not well, a problem. That was my concern: is getting the beer back if you're flying frontier. Oh, I drove or, home. Oh, I, I drove home. There you go. Um, so I drove uh, uh, back, and this was actually an issue. So we sort of had some some situation there where uh, so we had a nice day Saturday in San Diego, like. 
Tuesday, the week before uh, uh, Kelly had been um, informed that she had to go to Chicago. So she flew direct from San Diego on Sunday. But Saturday, we bounced around breweries, had a, had a great dinner at, uh, there's a, now I'm, there's like a, recently there was a restaurant in Carlsbad that got two Michelin stars. So we went there and checked it out. Uh, about the cheapest one you'll get, a $100 tasting menu for a high-end restaurant like that. It's pretty it's good. pretty darn good, yeah. Pretty good. And we, um, so that was lovely and had gone to Burgeon and stuff during the day. It was beautiful. The next morning, took her down to the San Diego airport, and then I had to get on my horse and go up to Oceanside to pick up pick up my beer. So, uh, usually when I go pick up Horace, it's a in and out situation. Kyle Harrop, who owns the brewery, is standing right there. You walk up, you tell him your name. He uh, now they don't pre-pack the boxes, which I think is insane. That is insane. Um, they have he has a couple guys back there who are working on the pickup days and he calls out sort of like, okay, I need one of these, two of these, three of these, one of these and, and an allotment or whatever. Um, so he had sent an email out before this week. Well, first of all, let me just say, these are the last two weeks. So you have to come on one of the last two weeks because <laughs> there is like beers you probably bought that weren't available until now. Yeah. Yep. So pretty much everyone will be there between like to, uh, this Sunday or next Sunday. Um, and he's like, well, you know, and a lot of people haven't picked up anything yet for the whole year. So people are going to be picking up like six cases or whatever. Crazy. Like, oh God. So I get there. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get there relatively early. I'm not going to wait till the end. I'm going to get there at like one or one thirty. So I get there right around one thirty. Um, they start at one anyways. And I get there at one or one thirty, and it's already a line down the street down the subdivision. Uh, it's like in this industrial park building, you know? And, uh, and it's not like you can do anything. There's no bar. There's no tasting room. Nobody's opening beers in the line because it's illegal. So we're all just standing there like in silence. And it took two and a half hours. Jesus Christ. For beer I already paid for. <laughs> well, this is not it's something like I was waiting to buy ticket. something like it. Yeah. VSOJ like it kind it was, of it was beer I already bought. Unbelievable! Um, it was insane. He's got to be pre- you got to be pre-packing this stuff and laying it out, so you just hand it out. I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, um, what's the thought process like? Have you already put your order in and paid for it at this mm-hmm. point, or is he taking cash there right no, there and then? Everything's paid. Well, everything's paid. You cannot buy beer there. <sighs> everything's bought on Eventbrite uh, for any beer. He has it all. Like in a big sheet, so it could have been done in advance. This could all be done in advance, but they just aren't. So it's very bizarre. So I'm, I thought I was going to get out complain. of there around. I mean, what's I going to do? Yeah, but I was. I I, I I agree. I should I should go to his pit boss. Um, <laughs> but the uh, so I finally get out of there at four, and I don't get home till nine. Uh, which so I just, I literally drove without stopping. I just blasted right through all five hours. So did you pee um, in a Gatorade bottle? Was that, nah, was that I didn't have to pee. It was now. I, I, uh, I went to the bathroom right when I got gas right on my way out the, out of the, uh, the subdivision there. And then just blasted along the 15 till I, uh, 
thought about for about five minutes about stopping at the M Resort on my way off the highway <laughs> to get a little quick gamble in and then didn't and then just drove right home. I think you made the right move not to get that gamble yeah, in, yeah, that's for was, sure. It was time it was time to go home. Um but yeah, that was that was you know, maybe my last Taurus experience for a while, which maybe is a is a good thing. I think I'm gonna send my partner uh, who is um uh, part of the membership with me to do the last pickup next year. He can he can experience this next year. <laughs> Lord knows I don't want to. Yeah, this um, like I get the idea of a beer club and the exclusivity and the the idea that you can only pick up at certain times. That that's all fine. But if you're going to force people to do that, you need to be efficient. If you're if you've got efficiency in every other part of your business where you're not got a whole bunch of beer just sitting around waiting for people to buy and you're sort of releasing this really limited quantity and creating this product of scarcity, which there's nothing wrong with. You need to have your ducks in a row to make that process as hassle-free as possible, really. That's just my view. I think it's a, a, a great idea as far as a business model. It's a premium product. You should be yep. getting a premium experience. Exactly right. Like this. Yep, this is like – um, like buying a car and then not getting a tank of gas or or a full battery charge in modern terms with that car. Right. Just yep. Just lets you down at the last mile. It's it was not it was not ideal. So uh, unfortunate experience with that. But um, I ended up with uh, some fucking stout. I actually had a sour. This is maybe my first. This is gonna be my first Horace sour. Um. And uh, we'll see what I get out of that. It's French oak barrel aged now, uh, fruited sour. So I'm interested to see what we get. I'm out sure of that. there would be uh, plenty of information available on the internet. But how is the Horace sours received within the community? I'm sure they're not as highly rated as the stouts. But um, well, let's see. Let's see what this one I got is. Okay. Um, I got it. It's called Revisited. Uh, let's see what we got here. Revisited Horace. Rice revisited. Uh, oh, this has no activity yet. Wow. Let, wow. let me get into his brewery page here. Yeah, let's see if you can see find it. Look at his beers. Find a sour let's sort or of wild filter or style. Okay, here we go. We got sour other. There's 29 of these. So he has a bill. This one's Billberry um, blend of red wine, barrel aged sour ales. Aged on bilberries and blended with a small amount of fresh barley wine. It's interesting. 4.23. Uh, oh, shit. He made the 2018 Fobab gold medal for wild beer with fruit. Belgian-style golden sour aged in Justin Vineyard's red wine barrels with Matsumoto nectarines. Okay, this so should be making more sours. These sound good. It seems like he knows what he's doing with sours. Um, yeah, why is he making service, all these stouts? I guess I know why. But. On the other hand, um, not so much. Hey, maybe he loves brewing a stout. Who doesn't love brewing a stout? Just I mean, it's 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 awesome. You just fucking overload the fucking mash tun and brew the, tank and yeah, mash yeah. tun, and then you're good. This one sounds good. Invisahawk Merlot barrel aged Belgian sour ale with um with white peaches. That sounds nice. It does. Uh, these these sound lovely. Um, but you know the and I'm only getting one. And it's unrated. Let's see if. See if the one I got's any good, huh? Yeah, you could get the one dud, um, dud out of the batch. I get the dud. I got the dud. <laughs> um, all right, Tony. You know what? We haven't done a Discord in a couple of weeks. Why don't we do a little bit of a light Discord today and talk about what our listeners are up to? 
Right in the, if you want to join our Discord, you can uh, click on the little video game controller mask face thing. That's the Discord logo at the bottom of our website, which is beerengineshow.com. Or uh, send us a note, email beerengineshow at gmail.com. Send us a note on Instagram at beerenginepod. Uh, give us a donation, ko-fi.com slash beerenginepodcast. And uh, then you will uh, get a link to join it. So any number of ways you could and contribute to the chat um i'm not gonna i'm just gonna go back about a week there's been lots of great posts here from uh, people like me and max allotman and nick torque and um etc tyler um but the uh let's let's just look here nick torque starting to catch up on himself for uh all the breweries in victoria uh he had hit was his local brewery in clifton hill with a pint yep. of origin tap takeover he'd gone to twang brewing that was number 150 um, and then on the 18th, this is interesting. Uh, Corey almost scooped us. Well, actually, technically, he did. No, he didn't scoop us. Uh, he no, did he didn't. well. He hadn't listened to it yet, but we got in. We got in the door. If you think about when we recorded it, we had talked about Purdue beer can chicken the 17th evening of the 17th. We had, and he had us at the 18th at. Uh, well, I guess a specific time. It would be 5.56 a.m. Central Time. <laughs> so he's an early riser, it sounds like, on the Purdue beer can chicken, which we talked about last week. Um, and then he also shared this story, um, which is uh, from Food & Wine motor- Motorcycle That Runs on Beer. Minnesota man invented a motorcycle that runs on beer. Oh, maybe it's W. Toots. He's Minnesota man. Well, he <laughs> was. Uh well, so this fellow still we considered a Minnesota uh, man. I mean, he grew up in Minnesota and went to school in Minnesota. Uh, he's probably Chicagoan now. Um, he's got Minnesota roots. Um, so this guy looks like he made a beer-powered motorcycle powered by a 14-gallon keg instead of a gas engine, and he's using Ninkasi beer to fuel it. And he doesn't drink, <laughs> so he's just he's just doing this to waste. Here, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Okay. I, oh, that's cool. I don't understand the point of this. How is this doing anything? It doesn't show engineering prowess. Alcohol has been used as a fuel since the industri- yeah. in, internal combustion engine, I think, started. Mm-hmm. Um, is this making use of a waste product? No, it's not. Is this better for the environment? No, it's not. Um, does it? get you two minutes of fame? Not really. It's yep. too niche to even get that. Um, yeah, I mean, food food and wine isn't really giving anyone any fame, I don't think. Um, unless 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 somebody who works for food and wine does a jerks off on a Zoom or something. I don't know if anyone's getting famous from that. <laughs> yeah, if somebody um, turbans it, that's a different story. Right, or whatever the Bon Appetit guy. What was that guy? Oh, that, was it the Bon that, Appetit guy? That was systematic racism and oh. blackface. Well, if you jerked off at Bon Appetit, I bet you'd also get... Yeah, publicity. I'm sure you would. Yeah, okay. Um, Nick was having the uh, uh, some, you know, and a, a decent hand pump pint. Uh, £4.70, not bad, at uh, the airport. Uh, Crown Rivers Weather Spoons at London Heathrow T5. Uh, I was actually in bri- very briefly in this airport terminal just a few weeks ago. Um, 
you know, it's funny, Tony, and, and not, I'm not accusing Nick of being one of these guys. He's not. But it reminded me, I, I've been listening to this podcast called Guys. And I recommend it for people who are looking for other podcasts to also listen to. Um, and uh, it's about types of guys. Um, so like, and, and, and I know that we are technically like probably would be considered beer guys, but I don't think we are to the point that these guys are guys. These are guys who are like writing long diatribes on Reddit about stuff. Uh, they are writing trip advisor review, like the bourbon guys one, just making trip advisor reviews, complaining that you didn't get your free t-shirt at the Kentucky (laughs) bourbon trail and shit or guys writing reviews of hedonism, the sex resort or whatever. Um, so each one's about a different type of guy and they just, and this is an interesting guy. And I'd, I'd be interested in Nick's take on this is the real ale guys. The, like these, I guess people who are obsessed with the, with like that are in like that, what's that camera C A M R A this and, and doing the cask mark yep. stuff. And they're just like, all I want to drink is, uh, you know, real, I mean, no offense to real, or to cask ale, which I enjoy fine on occasion, but it is not the only type of beer I want to be drinking ever. Um, it's fine to have a Fuller's. That's okay. But they're just going on long tirades about like, you can't get a proper pint anymore, you know, and shit like that, you know, just losing their mind about it. So I'd be interested if Nick, Nick Torque has any thoughts on this. Um, it, during that, I learned about a comic that apparently used to be published called like real ale cunts or something like that. <laughs> I like um, it. And I, I'm kind of curious to see what that is. But anyways, he's having a hand pump pint at the airport. I actually did this at Gatwick a few years ago. I, there was a weather spoons or something in Gatwick and I drank a, uh, some kind of English mild or something, which was lovely. Um, yep. Uh, I drank an awesome lager that I'll save um, for uh, – actually, I won't because I don't think that will be my lager of the week. I think I might have had a lager I like even more. Wow. But this was a lovely lager. It was the – Freem now has a new Japanese lager. Uh, So uh, obviously a a lager with a significant rice component. Man, is it refreshing. It's like 98 degrees here, Tony, and good Lord, is that nice to drink uh, <laughs> when you come in from the heat. Man, that is tasty and refreshing and light. But it has that – I like when the rice beer actually has the rice taste. Like you actually get that aromatic, maybe yep. jasmine rice-type flavor from like an aromatic rice. Very good. Um, and then we had Nick in Germany. He was doing damage, unfiltered Hellas at the Hop. Oh, God, we're not even going to do this. Uh, He's having an unfiltered Hellas in southern Bavaria. That's cool. Uh, He went to True Brew. I'm actually familiar with True Brew in Germany. Uh, Had a New England IPA, one of the only craft breweries in Munich. Looks looks great. I mean, this looks like great color for a a hazy hazy IPA. I love it. Max Allotment enjoying uh, the Adina from Human Robot. Um, Looks like a great pills. Nice pour on that. He fluffed it up. You appreciate that. Um, and I think that's about, that's, oh shit, here we go. This, this is one I, we got to talk about from Nick. Uh, we got some food from Nick that we got to at least bring up. Oh, without a doubt, um, that's where I was headed next. First of all, I wanted to, this is from a while ago, but in April he ate this short rib, brisket and short rib burger from Leonard's House of Love in South Yara. South Yara, yeah. And, and it looks awesome. The burger looks delicious. Yep. Um, it, it looks like a really good burger. 
But uh, he had an Irish bar in Munich showing the Man United game. Fish and chips looks legit um, to me. Uh, Corey eating the tangy ketchup Doritos. Now, I have heard uh, these are very good, these tangy ketchup really? Doritos. And I have also heard glowing praise, and these are apparently available in Vegas now, for the honey mustard Doritos. So I will have to go um, hold my nose and go into the Albertsons here on Boulder <laughs> Highway and uh, pick up some of the or, – or I'll have a luxury experience. I'll go down to the Smiths in Cadence, which is very fancy. And pick up some honey mustard Doritos. Um, Nick having some Lieberkass and Keller beer uh, here in rural Bavaria, and uh, this one I this one I liked right here: roast suckling pig oh, no. with potato dumplings in the beer garden, shared with a colleague who happens to have traveled from Bolingbrook, Illinois. Um, now, where the fuck now, is Bolingbrook in the state? Is it? It was the. It was the sister town, like the neighboring town to Romeoville, where I grew up and lived for many years. Yeah. (laughs) So this was the town next to it. Um, My office was on, I would say it was on the border of Bolingbrook and Woodridge. Um, So essentially in Bolingbrook. Funny enough with Bolingbrook, there's like no breweries. There is no breweries. A big suburb. 100,000 plus people live in Bolingbrook. and there is not a uh, like a high end brewery. There was a Gordon Biersch for many years, which was fine. You know, makes yep. a good check pills. But um, yeah, there was nothing, nothing else. This roast suckling pig does look amazing. But I want, I'm, I'm actually curious as to what Nick does that has an office in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Bolingbrook, Illinois, also famous for having Drew Peterson, who's from there, guy who murdered various of his wives, a handful of his wives, police sheriff actually, who married a handful of his wives. It married a handful of his wives. I thought he murdered a handful of his wives. Sorry, murdered. He did marry them. I mean, I'm t- truth, but he did also. Um, he then did kill them. Yep. Um, I can tell uh, you without giving away too much information. Um, it's like generic office park work in a very specialised field. I can tell you off air exactly what that is. That is literally what Bolingbroke is. So, yeah, that's I pretty thought, much yeah. He, the company that um, is probably in the office park that I worked in, yeah. which is a specialized field for a, in a very generic building. Yes. Um, doing something very specific for a specific market. I know it's one of two companies in Australia that does these products, and I'm guessing of the Australian adult population, 95% of the Australian population would be using one of these products knowingly or unknowingly. So there you go. Interesting. There's so many companies in Bolingbroke and in the area that just make like a, like tubes or yep. something like tubes or valve. This or, is the size of, um, <laughs> this item is the size of your nail on your little finger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They make something like that. That's like on it's, it's a on part stuff. of 6 million other things that you use. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's a good place to be. You're in the you're in the supply chain, baby. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He was telling me some great corporate stories over the years involving his company. That, um, yeah, you, you like anybody that sees corporations as a way of eliminating uh, government wastes. I think not. People like to yeah, to have waste. Um, 
it's oh dude it's crazy yeah, yeah. i'm doing i mean i'm this is this is my life and yeah, just throwing throw stuff in the garbage now, i didn't um post anything and in, in the discord and perhaps i should have either in the kitchen or in general or beer chat but griff if you want to duck over to facebook for a second over to the mafco page you can see the opening oh, wow. night photos of the mafco um Official opening yeah. of the brewery, um, we had a politician. He only spoke for about two minutes, which is kind of outstanding for a um, state politician to only want to hear his Thanks own Thanks to voice. all the familiar new faces. Let's see what we got here. Yeah. Uh, oh, you guys got a fire going. Well, that uh, fire. Probably getting cool there, yeah. Well, no, that There's fire. There's Tony. I see him. Yep. But that fire was specifically a welcome to country fire. So now that we've started recognising our Indigenous people, when we open up a business, uh, if businesses are doing it right, um, and certainly something of this scale, often get elders from the area to give a welcome to country ceremony, a little chat about um, the traditional owners of the land, and um, then offer for you to walk through the fire, and that welcomes you to the land. And I took part in that for the first time, so... Yeah, that's the reason for the fire. Cool. Um, great night. We got some food here. Food looks good. Tony's looking yep. good. Head clean shaven. Yes. Um, is that your, that's your mom and dad, right? Yep, that is my yep. folks. Looking good. Yeah. Um, uh, looks like your dad. Looks like they got some hazy IPA, but I know it's not that. <laughs> no. uh, it's a very cloudy looking beer. That's um, the Saison. That's fine. That's the Saison. Okay. Oh, well, no, that's not actually that dark. the pale. It's just. It's just is it the pale? Yep, I'm drinking just the Saison. Unfiltered. You're drinking the Saison, yeah, because yep. that yours looks a little more like centrifuge. This looks, um, yeah, like it could have used a, f- a flock tab, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's what otherwise. I'm encouraging James to do. The Mateson, on the other hand, um, which I don't think there are any photos um, amongst that group, turned out absolutely killer. So, yeah, I enjoyed drinking that. So it was a great night. Great to see the place open. They now have electric heaters to keep you warm during the well, mild by your standards in Chicago, but probably yeah. as cold as you get in Chicago. I'm um, not Chicago in Vegas um, during yeah. our winters to to keep you nice and toasty. This, so this this place looks beautiful. This place looks amazing. Like they've really. I mean, I know this is what is this like an old dairy um, old, uh, old milk factory originally. Milk factory, yeah. Yep. Um, it looks wonderful in there. Um, it's huge. It is. Uh, this food looks nice. I mean, there's some little, these look like, what is this, some kind of goat cheese tart maybe or yeah. something? Yep. There was a lot of finger um, food during the night. Uh, the beef short rib, I think, is going to go on the menu. That was that was absolutely killer. Um, yeah, this looks good. There's like some chicken drummy, drumettes maybe. Yeah. Uh, that, um, I think they were a confit chicken. And they're starting yeah. to do some slow roasted lamb, which was absolutely amazing. Mm. All right, dude. I, I, you know what? When I'm there... We're gonna be we're gonna be getting drunk in this spot. That's for damn sure. Yep. Um, uh, no way to avoid that. So that's cool. Very nice. Good good work, Tony. When are you now are you you still got you know I'm sure you still got plans to go in there and get, you know keep the beer moving. Um, it'll depend on on when Jimmy can get back in and brewing. He's he's working full time, so um, that's right. Yeah, he's got a regular job. Yeah, you yeah, said that as an engineer. So when he gets time, just let you. You can just let you just get in there and yeah, it's a little it little physical thing. work for me to run the whole. It's a little, system. Maybe a little physically challenging, right? Yeah, no, it, it's a big system. Like ten hex system is not a small system by Australian standards. Um, it's, it's sort of like that. It's actually a large entry-level system, um, and I think yeah. it's 
equal to the biggest brewery in the area, being sailors and good times. So um, good land, sorry, not good times. Um, And it's just a matter of how often you swing um, brews through that system um, will dictate your output Um, because I think think good land – they they max out at twenty hectolitre tanks as well. So, yeah, mm. it'll get going. Um, Jimmy will get it dialed in. So, yeah. And while we're at it, Tony in the Discord, I just wanted to get in my one little quick Cora Popery, which I was just giggling at today. Which is, what's what's it like to be in a crashing airplane? That's the question. <laughs> That terrible is, and something you wouldn't wish upon anybody else. I mean, I think that's fair. Um, shouldn't that be? It depends, like anything. Okay, the outcome for an aeroplane crash normally isn't good, but the um, one in the Hudson River, not so terrible, probably frightening and terrifying. Um, a small single prop coming in with no engine. Probably alarming, but if you're a well-trained pilot, probably not that that terrifying and not that scary and the outcome um, wouldn't be that bad? Isn't the answer it depends, like most things? Probably like depends. I, I think I think this – I, I got to be honest with you. I, I feel like this guy was uh, – Christian here was trying to – I mean, I <laughs> I can't parse this out other than to say he wants, he wants to find out from someone what it was like dying. <laughs> well, why not I just ask that question? It's difficult – Question to answer, I think. Um, <laughs> well, if I could go back and ask the people who are on flight ninety three anything, it would be how, did you how was that? <laughs> Is that what was that like? Yeah, um, would you recommend it? <laughs> how many stars would you same give? Same answer d- depends. <laughs> if you were to write a TripAdvisor review, what would it look like? airplane crash guys yeah although there probably is a guy people there are people who are just obsessed with watching like the um airplane crash documentaries and videos and junk i watched the one about that malaysia oh and all the conspiracy airlines what do you think happened which was a little what i think happened with it yes what do you think happened with it um probably some path of i mean simplest occam's razor situation right is um something mechanically went awry with the plane and it went down in the middle of the darkest, deepest part of the ocean. Yep. I guess. Um, I tend and to they agree. maybe tried to veer it off. I mean, there's all this stuff. It's like, Oh, they tried to, they veered off course. I'm like, well, maybe they saw like a glimmer of a possibility that they could reach an airport somewhere. Yeah. Uh, that might've been in that direction or something, or they, they mistracked, that idea or something like that, and then they just, you know, panicked and ended up in the ocean. But Yeah, and you don't know what control surfaces they had access to at the time that were actually working. Yeah, I, I Occam's razor doesn't necessarily mean it's the um, <laughs> least number of steps to get to an idea. It just means no. what is the least complicated way to get to a plausible answer and i think in right. that case it is absolutely the correct way to go so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if i believe that this guy was like sitting in his flight simulator planning like advanced ways to crash an airplane i mean crashing an airplane is one of the things that really using a flight simulator to do is sort of <laughs> seems like extra work <laughs> you yeah could, crashing it's a really 
easy compared to flying one and landing one. I mean, that takes a lot of experience. And like, I mean, I've been in flight simulator. You can, you can bring that thing down in a, in a hurry if you really want. Yeah, true. But um, surprisingly easy. The bigger the planes get, the easier they are to land. Yes, you have more systems. I'm talking about in yeah. flight simulator. I haven't done it in person, but yeah, there are more automated systems to land. I think in a pinch, if both the co-pilot and pilot died of a heart attack right there and then, and there was no navigator on board, I think with a little bit of help from the control tower, I could land an A380 and only kill half the people on board. Yet I, I don't <laughs> be think, better, yeah. I don't think if I was in a light plane and my pilot died of a heart attack, I'd be able to land that son of a bitch. Much more complicated, even though I've got more hours in a light plane in flight sim. Right. That's, A380, it's a big one, baby. Well, yeah, A330, actually, is what I tend to fly out of the big birds in flight sim. I saw an A380... Uh, um, when we were we were in New York and we stayed at this hotel that was like it's the TWA hotel, yep, which is like this yeah like re- renovated TWA terminal and um, you go up on the top floor and you can look out on the runway or and like the all the gates there and um, I love that building. Uh, what's that? Is that the one with the like oh, fancy building? Like it's like a concrete. It's it was thing. it was designed as the terminal for TWA in the sixties. Yep. And uh, immediately became obsolete with the invention of the jet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, so they just turned it into a hotel. This was just recently in the last, like, five or ten years. Um, Four years. 2019. It's a very nice hotel. It's very good. It's very fun. And you get to go on a plane and have a cocktail. But anyways, you go upstairs and you can, you're in the pool deck or whatever, the pool floor. And uh, right down there is the Emirates A380 fucking monster plane and right next to it is like a delta connection um er er 70 or whatever er 40 like the little 50 seater 40 seater pipe plane yep. they're right next to each other i'm like god it looks like it shit that one out that's crazy i know it's so small <laughs> because being in australia I mean, we're familiar with like big jets all our international jets are triple sevens and above. Yeah, i mean every every flight out of the country unless you're going to new zealand is a is a massive jet, I presume. Yeah, even to New Zealand. New Zealand's five hours it's away. Just, yeah, it's still pretty far, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that they they tend to pack the flights out. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm used to seeing the A three eighties and the seven four sevens and yeah, those those two birds are just massive compared to say those like a triple seven. Yep. And I've flown in a seven four seven. Once you're inside them all they're they're all basically the same. Yep. It just depends how the I mean, I was- airlines um, they pack them out, and the quality of seats. My favorite one is in, my favorite one is that Dreamliner because they do it does the Dreamliner does the seven eighty seven does a nice job with like the has all these extra things that do like like the windows. better management of the c- cabin pressure, and it has like the the window dimmers so that yep. you can leave your window shade open, but it doesn't let the sun blast through. Um, those things are pretty sweet, actually. Yep. All right, Tony. Uh, that's enough Discord, I think, unless there's something I'm missing. But yeah, um, we can move on. And in which case, why don't we move on and do the logger of the week? Let's do that. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. Tony, 
Tony, I have to go with, funny enough, uh, it's actually um, Is it a, horse? a lager from a... No, horse lager? Funny. Hor- delicious horse lager. Now, this is a brewery that I've recently become familiar with, actually. Um, this is a brewery called Everywhere. They call themselves a community-centric brewery located in Orange, California. Not Orange County, Orange, which may very well be in Orange County. I don't, I don't know. But um, this was called... Uh, uh, oh, God. Where is my... Um, it oh, was God. The, no, I'm sorry. It's a, they, they have many different ones. Um, I'm trying to... It's this one. It's called Deep Breaths. Czech-style Pilsner brewed with pro... Bohemian floor Pilsner malt and hop with Czech grown saws. Um, fantastic Pilsner. This brewery is something to look out for. I also had a pale ale and a, and a West coast IPA from them that were uh, absolutely hit the target. Uh, excellent. Perfect. Perfectly made. And in my fridge, I have their Italian Pilsner, which is called delicious moments, um, which is brewed with Araclea. Pilsner malt and dry hopped with saffir. And I have a Hellas in there too um, from them. So excited to get to those. These guys are doing it. These guys are doing it. So keep your eyes open for everywhere uh, brewing from, uh, I guess they're not everywhere brewing, they're just everywhere, uh, a microbrewery in Orange, California. So get your hands on it. How about you, Tony? Mine would be the mates. Um, we cleared it. Early last week, I think I spoke about it on the show. I spoke about it earlier. Absolutely killer, and even better when you don't have to pay for it. When it's a night of free drinks, um, clear beer, well crafted German lager, bang on style, absolutely delicious. Mathco Mateson, nice. brewed by the one only Jimmy Sanderson. Shout out to Jimmy Sanderson. He's our guy. Uh, all right, Tony. Well, how about some beers of the week then? Let's get on to some beers of the week. We're not doing the full thing today. I've oh, already man. got my beer selected. I know what my best thing I had to drink this week, and it is from Bacchus out of Queensland, Bacchus Brewing Co. It's You Had Me At dot, 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 um, and it's a New Zealand hop variation of that. It's a um, hazy IPA. They call it a double hazy because it's 9.1%, which is fair enough. Um, you know, all those sort of New Zealand hops, which I, I really am falling in love with, this sort of ability not to be just fruit forward like the Australian and American yeah. um, hops. They've, they've kind of got a noble quality but without like devolving into just herbal, grassy weirdness. Um, big fan of... The New Zealand hops and and that one was really delicious. How about yourself, Mister Griff? Uh, you know, I've been going sour lately. I'm going to go back to my stout roots here. Had a great one the other day. This was called Eight Ounces. It is enough from Westbound and Down. Westbound and Down's in Colorado, I think. Uh, they're in Idaho Springs, Colorado. Confusing. Um, not Idaho. Idaho Springs, Colorado. It is a blend of 10, 12, and 15-month-old imperial oatmeal stout uh, aged in Buffalo Trace Blantons and Weller bourbon barrels, packaged in some little tiny cute 8-ounce cans, which was clutch because, you know, Kelly's been out of town, so I could actually get this thing down on on my own, which is 
awesome. It was great. No adjuncts. Perfect barrel on it. It was a uh, it was a five star through and through. Fantastic. Nice. Uh, strong spirit forward barrel uh, aged stout. Not too sweet. So no coconut, no coffee, no, no I love, You know, I love my cocoa, my hazelnut, none of that. Nope. Tony, yeah. give a guess on the rating here. 260 check-ins, um, 227 ratings, 14.5%. You know what it is now. What do you think? 4.33. Yeah, you're good. 4.39. Um, That's so pretty damn close. I'll take that. Pretty darn close. I think you hit that. Uh, killer. Well, Tony, um, we are we are chugging along here. Why don't we get over to the Hyper Beerner Dortchit News, a.k.a. Bud Light News. Hyper Beerner Dortchit News. And it's still happening. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Um, because this was all over. I type in, you know, this. What, what, here, I, I'd like to give you guys an insight into the advanced way that I seek out the latest news in the world of beer. Um, I type in beer news into google.com and go to the news fucking tab. And what happens every week, inevitably, uh, six Bud Light stories just co- come up right to the top in like a special head subheader that says Bud Light news. Oh my God, great. <laughs> but, uh, story is Bud Light is pretty much giving beer away on Memorial Day weekend after the Dylan Mulvaney disaster. Bud Light is offering generous rebates for Memorial Day that in some cases amount to free beer uh, uh, as Anheuser-Busch continues to scramble to recover from the Dylan Mulvaney controversy. So they'll be offering a summer rebate to make your Memorial Day weekend easier to enjoy. So if you buy a 15-pack or larger of Bud Light, Bud Heavy, Bud Select, or Bud Select 55. I believe those second two products are only available in the St. Louis area. <laughs> um, you will receive a $15 rebate. Uh, Corey, correct us if we're wrong about the Budweiser Select regionality. Um, now, for reference, a 15 pack of Bud Light is listed um, $12.99. For $12.99 at Target. Yep. Now, I'm not familiar with the product that is inside the can. But I've got to say, for once, I like Bud Lo- Budweiser branding on the Budweiser Select. That can is sharp. Big fan. Budweiser of it. Select was a was a beer that came out when I was in college, and it was kind of popular. I actually have a story about this. Um, I, I actually didn't mind it because it has sort of a, I had sort of a cleaner flavor than I would say of uh, even Bud Heavy. Yeah. Um, pretty had had sort of more of like a. Globe Ultra flavor of very little, <laughs> um, which I appreciated. But um, I don't know why I remember this. Uh, this is, I mean, I, I had been um, with Kelly since we were in school. I mean, we've, we've yep. been together for a long time, and uh, we went to this. Uh, we went to this shitty bar that you would go to in college. It was called Co Daniels, uh, which stood for Corner of Daniels. It was on Daniel Street. Original and, name. Uh, Actually, I think it might have been called. I think it was Cochran on Daniel because it was owned by a guy named Cochran. Um, was it the attorney? Whatever. No, it was some, it was some fucking frat, white frat bro guy. Um. Anyway, so there's a basement, and this place is stinky. It's nasty. Uh, it's just a big room where like uh, people come to get drunk and and 
and go home and fuck each other. I mean, that's the point of any shitty college bar like this. Yep. Is There's really nothing to it. It's black everywhere. It's all just loud music, uh, cheap booze, uh, lots of cheap hard liquor. Do not drink out of the draft beer lines. God help you. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of nasty drunk people. All right. They ho- they literally hosed this place out every every morning. They sprayed it with a hose. <laughs> Anyways, we go into this basement and there's a um there's an Anheuser Busch rep there, God save her. Um and she's handing out Budweiser Selects to morons like me who are willing to drink beer or interested in drinking any beer. I'm like, oh, cool. She's like, you want one? I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. And then I drink it. And she's like, I guess you want more because um, I can't get rid of this shit fast enough and I want to leave. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so she's just handing me free beers. And then, of course, I get drunk and I <clears throat> do end up spilling the beer uh, like on the bartender who did happen to be one of Kelly's friends. Um, <laughs> so maybe not one of my winning moments of the of my uh, um romantic life but uh there you go that's what happened it's not that interesting but i got some free bud select anyways and now you can't get it in vegas or anywhere except st louis i don't think Bummer. Uh, so there you go bud select delish um okay so you'll get a digital this is great uh you'll get a you'll get paid via a digital prepaid card (laughs) must provide proof of purchase which is an image of the case's barcode and the receipt and you'll get a prepaid fucking visa Hail to your house. Oh, God. Um, and uh, you can make up to two rebate submissions per month. So a lot of rules here. Yeah, this um, is one of these um, promotions that you have to jump through 80,000 hoops to actually right. get a hold of the, inverted commas, free beer. How many people are actually going to take them up on this offer? I imagine it's going to be a fairly small percentage of the Bud Light population. Um not the Bud Light population, the Bud population in general. Um, this is great, gets their thing in front of the news again. Um, although is it great? We've, I think we've discussed that. All news isn't good news in the case of Bud Light. Um, so, like, nice try, but I don't think it's the right try. Just stop trying for a while. You're right. I would, you just got to stop doing anything for a while is really yep. what they should be doing. Um, now... Yeah, so they also this this was also a story that popped up was that cases of unsold Bud Light that have expired on liquor store shelves are being bought back by Anheuser Busch as the beer maker continues to make amends with customers who were put off by whatever by uh, the beer being woke or whatever. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but I don't think that's actually news. I think that's just normal, right? Isn't that something that beer producers do frequently and beer distributors have to do frequently is they have to buy back like they um, used to be magazines I, yeah i, I, I think I, it's i'm a pretty sure that this is normal i know i know business iron yeah. and glass wasn't selling bud light but the distributors would buy back um out of code beer that was just part of the normal that's part of the normal operation you know yeah um I mean, your your risk there was offering shelf space to old beer and stuff. You'd, usually, the distributors would buy it back from me if it was if it was crap. So, um, that's not surprising to me. Anyways, uh, they're just doing more stuff, and it's probably not all ever going to work. So that's funny. Have fun, guys. <laughs> Next up, oh, we had a brewery acquisition. It's been a while, Tony. It's it been a while since we had a had a brewery acquisition. This is a pretty big one. 
Uh, Flying Dog Brewery, which is out of uh, Maryland, is being purchased by uh, New York-based FX Matt. Now, FX Matt, I believe, makes um, a few brands that uh, people would be familiar with. Saranac is like their high-end um, brand, I believe. Saranac is, is pretty good beer. Uh, they also do, I, I do believe they make um, Jenny Cream Ale, I think, right? Okay. Um, you think they make that? Um, oh, they make Utica Club. That's a that's a famous beer. Um, maybe not Jenny Cream Ale, but they do make Utica Club. And they're good, huge, big, good, huge brewery, and Saranac is, is good beer. And... Um, uh, they're buying Flying Dog, who is a fine brewery uh, that is bigger than you would think. They're the 34th largest craft brewer in the country. Um, and FX Matt was ranked 14th on the same list. So these this will make a very big craft brewery. Um, uh, we're probably one that's going to be in the top 10. Uh, I'm trying to think of what Flying Dog beers I've had, probably like um, probably some of their unfortunately named beers, like Raging Bitch. And uh, I know I when I was in Baltimore, I had a beer with Old Bay in it. So maybe those will make an appearance in the un, un, Untrapped game today. Ooh, foreshadowing. There you go. A flying Dog gets bought. If anyone has any memories of Flying Dog or any of their beers being good, hey, go ahead and post that in the old discord and let us know if there's anything that i'm missing about that that's interesting it's going to make a quite big brewery i just haven't thought about either of these breweries in a while um other than like i said i know um saranac and fx matt have um are very uh i know that's a good brewery i know they make very they make pretty good beer so um i just haven't really gotten my hands on much of it um and then the last piece of news tony you sent this over to us this is from your homeland down there. Um, yep. Well, not not exactly, but it's in Queensland. So uh, this this story actually popped up into my feed as well, into my Instagram feed. And this is from the Daily Mail. Brewing company drops controversial name choice for one of its new beers that send workers and sends workers on diversity training as it's slammed over total disregard. For women. So this is an Australian brewery. I'm not sure how familiar you were with this brewery before this. Black Fag. Oh, shit. Black. That was a, that was a bad flub. Tough flub for. Uh. We understand. What's the name of this brewery? That was an honest What's Freudian slip. Black Flag Brewing. Uh has made a festival pale ale. Oh, oh this is for the, uh, the for Gabs. Yeah, it is uh, for Gabs. The great Australasian beer celebrate. Spe- spectacular. They misspelled spectacular in here. Spectacular. Is it spectacular? <laughs> Maybe that's a... I, it could is that be some sp- kind of aphorism? Yeah, I think it could be. Or, or uh, portmanteau or something? Okay. So uh, they made this beer called Barely Legal. Uh, it was going to be an... 18 point, this is a like 120 minute sized IPA, 18.1%. Description for the beer uh, on the website said that it was something to tell your friends about and noted its complexity was adventurous. 
The brewery then asked followers to choose from three images to go on the labels. And one of the options was uh, designed to remind drinkers of Pornhub. And as you can see, if anyone has seen this, the logo is the essentially the Pornhub logo, except with the words barely legal, replacing Pornhub. And uh, it was intended to be available at the Traveling Gabs Festival uh, in May 19 to 21. In Sydney from June 2 to 3, in Brisbane, June 10th. Uh, so some activists, I don't know how much of an activist you have to be to be like annoyed by this, but uh, this person, Clementine Ford, says, what a totally interesting and funny name for a beer that doesn't in any way imply that you're a bunch of creeps with a shitty sense of humor <laughs> and total disregard for women. Uh, an Instagram account called Chicks Invented Beer, tagged the brewery with a screenshot of the beer's name of description asking, is this effing necessary? So gross and beyond foul. Um, it concluded that it creates a culture where sexism and sexualizing minors is not only accepted, but celebrated. So the brewery responded that it was to uh, re be uh, releasing the beer as a celebration of the journey to turning 18. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so this yeah. was a bad, a very bad decision, and a something that signifies, I guess, just bad behavior. Yeah, bad but even structure, like bad. No, nobody that nobody said this is a bad idea probably implies they have a bad uh, working atmosphere. I would guess. Um, so not ideal. Yeah, I don't know how big Black Flag is, and it is Black Flag. Um, but, Black flag. Yes. It, it just to me, like, if they really wanted to celebrate the beer, like being just over 18%, of course, the legal drinking age in Australia is 18, just, like, you can stay away from the sex aspect and just name it, show us your ID or show your ID or, or whatever. You don't have to go into something that, at the very you least. You didn't have to do porno. You didn't have to do porno. Yeah. And even if you go to Barely Legal, um, the um, Pornhub uh, branding, a little too far. Like, and who's your market going to be? It's going to be blokey blokes. And how many blokey blokes, and I'm talking like Truon Bogans with mullets, and I, sh I shouldn't actually say that. It's probably a lot of those that have, um, are quite sensitive. But this is a... Uh, beer that's sort of aimed at like insensitive assholes, and I don't um, relate that to um, beer drinkers that drink eighteen percent beers. Maybe at Gabs that that works, where you're getting a lot of uneducated beer drinkers just seeing yeah. a high alcohol beer and drink it. That maybe that's what they were thinking, but it just seems to me that they were trying something. It didn't go over well. Now they're trying to weasel their way out of it. Uh, I, you know what, I gotta say, I don't think I've ever liked an 18.1% IPA. I don't, you know, I'm not a big 120 minute drinker. Um, I've had IPAs that reach into 10 or 11, like a triple or whatever, but yep, 12, I'm, I'm passing on the 18%. I'm out on that. Yeah. I've, I, I can't remember having one at 18%. Like some of the deed stuff gets up into the mid to high 12s. 
but it's genuinely um, there for a reason and not there as a stunt for the most part. Stuff it's there like to so. balance it out. I mean, yeah. it's your, you need it. You need yeah. the alcohol to you do. even you out the, the yeah. sweetness of the, yeah, hot yeah, bill. But, um, yeah, 18% beers is a stunt beer, and that's why I don't tend to attend Gab's. I, f- I find it's just a pool full of stunt beers that are it's, it's to me the analogy I would I would give to American people it's like a barbecue competition where it's designed to taste great in a mouthful um, and I know that goes for a lot of beer festivals but especially at Gabs where you it's just like getting through as many paddles as you can in that four hour session um, it's all about the stunt beer and yeah. Not go. very exciting for me. Don't get mad about and don't if you're listening, please don't get mad about my flub. It was just a flub. It was an <laughs> honest flub, but we're allowed to make fun of you for an honest flub because the shock on your yeah, face you when we were recording of, it was amazing. Of, make fun of me for the flub. <laughs> don't don't say I did anything bad. I just I just suck at podcasting. This is true. Um, all right. It's yeah, absolutely <laughs> next up, Tony. I thought we'd uh, play a bit of a lazy game today. I'm going to kick you down in the well, and uh, we're going to play a round of Untrapped, the Flying Dog edition, as I try to remember what beers exist from Flying Dog. Tony, um, Flying Dog is a brewery. You won't. Uh, it's crazy how big this brewery is, and I don't think about them ever. Uh, they have Tony two point sorry two million fifty four thousand nine hundred ratings on Untapped. They have two point eight seven million check ins. Um, like, uh, give they, me some idea have, of the scale of. What's that comparable to out of the breweries that I may have heard of? Is that up there so it's dark. It's with dark like Freem or Fremont or? Oh, I mean, it's going to be way above Freem. I would say Freem has three three hundred forty-one thousand. Okay, yeah, I'm getting um, some idea of the scale. So it's up there. Fremont with... has uh, eight hundred seventy-eight thousand. What about um, Russian River? Yeah. Uh, New Glarus has. Uh, New Glarus will have more. Glarus has one point three million. Oh shit! And is nobody checking in? Spotted Russian town. River has one. Russian River has one point three million. <laughs> okay, I'm getting um, some idea of the scale so of this they're, joint. They're bigger than that, but they're yep. smaller than than Sierra Nevada, who I think probably has closer to probably. Seven and a half million. So, yep. Um, but big. We're going to say very large brewery. Um, they have eighty-eight different beers that they've made that are on untapped. So they they aren't really making like a crazy variety. Um, honestly, for for the amount of time they've been around. So we'll do three beers here, and then um, Tony, I'll I will make you also we'll have a bonus where you will guess the rating for the whole brewery. Okay. Um. So you'll have a couple chances to get your way out of the well here. Um, they have a design style that is very much, uh, I would call it like a Hunter S. Thompson 
you're in loathing type okay, yep. look about the, the beer design. Very sharp fonts, um, very yeah, energetic. Exactly. Very splat. Yeah. Right. Yep. So why don't we start with their most popular beer, the unfortunately named uh, Raging Bitch IPA. I can't believe they've made it this long with having this beer this with this name. But um, it's an 8.3% Belgian IPA. It has 227,332 check-ins. I have had it twice, Tony, according to this. Okay. Um, I had it, and, and that was on. Uh, I gave it four stars on 22 January uh, 2014 and on 17 January 2014. So kind of had it right there back-to-back, apparently. Uh, two inflammatory words, one wild drink, nectar imprisoned in a bottle, and anything but delicate blend of sharp hoppiness and fruity aroma. This beer is a life-changing backyard knife fight for your palate. Once you've had a raging bitch, everything else pales in comparison. Fermented with a volcano-like Belgian yeast called El Diablo, raging bitch earned its polarizing name from the aggressively active nature of the yeast, unleashed, untamed, unbridled, and in heat. Enjoy its golden glow and white foaming head alongside bold flavors like spicy barbecue wings, blue cheese salad, or that bag of family-sized Cool Ranch Doritos you're going to destroy later while binge-watching Netflix. Uh, This is a big beer, Tony. It's 8.3% for their most popular beer. That's quite the ABV. 60 IBUs. Now, I like this style of beer, Tony, so I'm not surprised I gave this four stars many years ago. Um, I like Belgian IPA. I, when this style was popular, which was many years ago, um, I was all over it. Uh, so I, I was a fan of this style. Tony, 227,000 ratings on this beer. Now, I can't ever say that I've had a Belgian IPA. I've had Belgian pails before, but not Belgian IPAs. Just amp, just amp up the citrus. Okay. American hops and estery yeast, you know. Something that I would love. But I do think this is polarizing because um, that estuary yeast isn't loved by everybody. I'm going to go, knowing it's their most popular, it's still got to score well. This is not in the low threes, but I'm going to go into the threes. 3.89 is where I'm going to fall. Tony overshot that one. Ooh. It's 3.64. Uh, for Raging Bitch, I guess a, a, a low rating, quite low for being such a popular beer. Now, I don't know. I'm not sure we mentioned it why earlier. that is. Oh, we did mention earlier, but I, I just um, thought I would put Raging Bitch into mid-journey, and um, I, it popped mm. up with a warning that I couldn't actually use that as a prompt, so hey. Yeah, I do like getting yelled at by um, the fucking shit uh, AI yep. for being bad. All right, Tony, let's do this one. Um, this is called, uh, this is a beer I have had too. This is called Dead Rise Old Bay Old Bay Summer Ale. So, Tony, are you familiar with Old Bay? I am, but I've never had it, if that makes sense. So it's used in a lot of uh, American uh, East Coast, um, like yes, so boils and clay. Oyster boils, clam boils, whatever, um, seafood boils. That's correct. So, especially in the on the um, central east coast, I would say in Maryland. 
Yes. Uh, Old Bay is quite popular. Uh, Chesapeake uh, Bay seasoning. And um, it's just a combo of a bunch of spices. It tastes good. Uh, I went to Camden Yards, uh, which is where the Baltimore Orioles play, and they have an Old Bay fucking concession stand uh, where you can just get, like, Old Bay fries, clam stri- uh, crab strips with Old, old Bay, um, anything just doused in Old Bay. And what are your but thoughts Tony, on the seasoning? Are you a fan? Of- it's good. It's fine. It's salty, pep, like sp- smoky, herb, herbal. Uh, it's lovely. Tastes great on French fries. I mean, um, it's. Uh, I am not. I'm not averse to it. Uh, I wouldn't put it on everything like the Marylanders and to, um, as is proven by this beer, which is the old Old Bay Summer Ale. It's perfect for summer days full of seafood. Ed Rise's new formula. Blends Maryland's most iconic seasoning, which is McCormick's Old Bay, with a refreshing lemony tartness for a beer low in bitterness and high in flavor. Uh, so this is a beer with Old Bay seasoning and lemon and a slight tartness. So I'm thinking this is sort of like a Gosa-ish yep. summer ale. Okay, so um, I've just put in the chat um, when I put in Dead Rise into Mid Journey. So you can have a look. You can decide. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, it's decide to it's like post a, these later. Um, these are these are interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's what AI thought of your question. How many check-ins, Griff? So Tony, this has uh, fifty-five thousand five hundred eighteen ratings, eighty-five thousand check-ins. Uh, it's five point seven percent, twenty-five IBU. When I checked it in, it was. Uh, June 7, 2016 at Oriole Park at Camden Yards and I said I gave it 4.25 and said ha ha um, Can you tell me what you're thinking at Camden Yards with the ha ha um, I think I was like maybe more so, no, I wouldn't call that a I drank, this was good because I thought it was amazing I think it, I think it was one of those beers that accomplished what it was set out to do um, it had a slight savoriness mashed up with a bright tartness, if I recall correctly. So okay. It was perfectly fine. I think this score is better than the last beer, but I've learnt my lesson. 3.69, and there's no sort of irony in that number. I just really wanted to go 3.7, but I just wanted to give me that extra... Point one safety. That's where I'm going. Three point six nine. Sadly, Tony, you are incorrect. This beer actually scored worse. Wow. The last one, uh, three point four five for this beer. Uh, let me look at some of the other check-ins here. Uh, Caleb Gessner uh, says, up, "Maryland Caleb? pride, Maryland pride, my ass." Three point two five. We have. Mm, Anything else here? No, not a lot of. Here's a here's a one star. No comment though, um, from Spencer Long. He just one starred it. Here's a five star. Mike Parlett. Uh, he just says it's back. It's fucking back. He's excited, and so it looks like it just came back around. Um, so there you go. Uh, goes with goldfish and airs chips. I've had goldfish, but what are Ayers chips? I think it's just, it's like a regional chip. 
Okay. Brand. Like in Chicago, we had Vintners. Yep. Same same idea. All right. Um, last one, Tony. Uh, let's. Uh, here, here's what I want to do. I'm going to do this. Uh, He's going to do this. Uh, ooh. Here, let's focus on stuff I've had. <laughs> He's making a last-minute choice. Right. He's calling an audible. The XFL would I'm be proud. Calling an audible, gang. All right, how about let's do this one? This sounds good. Uh, this one is called. Uh, this is the Willet Willet Bourbon Barrel Aged Operation Breakfast Stout. Uh, incredibly smooth with medium bourbon on the palate, mild coffee, and a rich vanilla maple finish. So this is only, this must have been a taproom-only release or something. Looks like it's got a little bit of a, a premium premium offering situation here. I thought it was only fair to get one of their premium offerings in here. Yep. Um, this only has 304 check-ins, 250 ratings, 10%. Will it bourbon barrel aged uh, breakfast stout? Uh, so it looks like this has vanilla coffee and maple in it as well. See, my immediate instinct is to go above um, four. What was the name of that beer again? So I can put it into Mid Journey. Will it, uh, will it Bourbon Barrel Aged Operation Breakfast Stout? Can you send me the uh, in the chat? Can what? you just copy and paste that shit for me? And I'll, I'll, I'll come up with a mid-journey image for that and see what it comes up with. Um, it shouldn't be offensive. But my immediate instinct is to go above four because of the style. I'm not sure whether, in this case, um, that will actually be the case. Uh, I'm going to go... How low do I go? I can't go too low. 3.84. I'm creeping back up. I'm probably giving them too much credit. You're you're all over the they got you they got you spinning right now, Tony. This one's a four point two. So people are liking the barrel aged stuff out of Flying Dog, it sounds like. So maybe I have to get my hands on some. He went over over three there. Uh, that is one fun, of my worst showings. Ever in this yeah, game, this, is pretty bad. <laughs> this brewery was all we, over the shop. Like I didn't really. Yeah, all over the you place, would think yeah. with more ratings, I would stand a chance, but this was this was tough. Their highest, it's, best selling beer scores a terrible score, and then that goes that I think should be okay with fifty five thousand check ins, bloody awful. And then okay, tap room exclusive, great style. Um, yeah, scores like outstanding. That blows my mind. What a confusing the more I prepare, The more I prepare for these, the worse or the the worse I do. And then I just hobble this one together, and it kills you. <laughs> um, Tony, why don't we give a guess at the total brewery rating? Two point oh five four. I sorry, two million fifty four thousand nine hundred check ins. Ratings, it's got to be 3.46. Cross 88 beers. What do you say? 3.46? Yep. Uh, not quite. It's 3.62 is their overall rating. Uh, I've had seven of their beers. I had the barrel-aged Gonzo Imperial Porter in August of 2017. I liked it, 
Um, I had the Raging Bitch, like I said. I had the Old Bay Beer. I had something called the Wildman Farmhouse IPA at Tap House Grill. Um, okay, and then I had a Sour Cherry Ale at Tap House Grill and gave those all four stars. So I tried to drive it up, but uh, didn't work. So there you go, Tony. Uh, back in back in the hole with you. Um, I guess we'll just try again next week. Yep. Um, these uh, images that are brought up for the uh, Willet Bourbon Barrel Aged Operation Breakfast Out are amazing. Well, the top two are. Because have a look at the colour of that beer. Ooh. Ooh. Now, the bottom two look a little more... Brown ale. Like a, <laughs> like. like a beer. Yeah, right. I don't know what's going on with that. All right, Tony. Well, why don't we tell people where they can find us, huh? They can find us on Untapped. We keep checking in beers at an alarming rate. Well, not for a podcast, an alarming rate. For our health, an alarming rate. Because we, yeah, we just keep yeah. checking them in. Um, that man across from me in the virtual world is Griff, and he's Griff AD on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped. Um, you can send us an email if you like to be old school beer engine show at gmail.com. Uh, you can give us a, a tip and um, put a couple of shekels in the tip jar to help out funding the uh, podcast. This Griff gives me an you odd look. Uh, ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Or if you want to check out our gram and our sweet, sweet rolls. Reels, sorry, not rolls, isn't it? See, we all have a slip of the tongue. It's at Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. How did I do, Griff? That's right. Sounds great. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we will be back next week. I think we're going to have another guest next week, Tony. Wow. I've already got, I've already got him booked. I've First time booked. appearing on the pod, I think. I think it will be. I think it will be. Although you might have heard some of his other songs or uh, – interludes uh, throughout the uh, throughout our time here um, yeah this one this one in particular so uh, we will <laughs> we will welcome on uh, a new guest next week <laughs> so I hope everybody has a lovely um, Memorial Day Tony it's Memorial Day this weekend if you're wondering I'm not um, wondering because of course Memorial Day is the weekend that what event takes place the Indy 500. Of course it does. Everybody knows. That's that. right. Yep. So a lot of drunk, a lot of drunk Indianans coming at you. Yeah, it's the only weekend. good thing in Indiana. It's got to be because I really don't care for m- most of it. All right, gang. We will talk to you again next week. So long. Farewell. <laughs>